examples. As you guys know, there are microphones on the audience. There's one over here. There's one over here. If you have a question and would like to line up, they're holding up the microphones there so you can see where they are. If you have a question and would like to line up, here's, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't go freaking out yet. <laughs> we learned something yesterday. And that is that sometimes people talk longer than you expect them to. So uh, we want to try to get through as many people as possible, but I just don't want you guys to line up and expect that we will absolutely get to your question. We will go as fast as we can, try to keep your questions short, concise, and uh, we'll see if we can get through them as fast as we can. Come on up here, Moises. And um, uh, also, there's a couple things you do not want to ask for. You don't want to ask for hugs. You don't want to ask for photos. You don't want to ask for autographs. Well, who are we kidding? Of course you want to, but you're not going to because this is a question answer session. So we want questions and uh, that's about it. Um, so anyway, I'm just, I'm not gonna waste any more time. This is Moises Chulin, he's gonna moderate for you and uh, let's, uh, without further ado, bring him on up here. James and Oliver Phelps, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. <laughs> there we go. <clears throat> Hi, everyone. Uh, yes, hello. Hello, hello. Oh, hey, all right. Uh, Mic's on. So, seems like you guys are a little bit excited to see these, these two. We can, we can sit. You, have you guys enjoyed Dallas? Yeah, it's been great. Um, yeah, we're going to town on Friday. It's all right. <laughs> You don't want to hear him. Um, yeah, we're going to town on Friday, and it's been, it's been fantastic. The... Take three. There we go. Should, I think should, we're good. We do that again? I think we're good, but hey, to have a backup, not a bad thing. Never hurts. So, uh, so you guys, um, let's sit. Let's sit. Let's sit. Or if you've been sitting all weekend, you want to stand up. Oh, it looks like you want to sit. So we do want to get through a whole bunch of your questions. <laughs> musical chairs, musical water bottles. This is really well choreographed. Never ends with these guys. They're mischief makers. Um, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to start off with a little bit. Uh, something that, that I've read you guys say about working in the Potter films is that it was very much like going back to school in some respect uh, each time you were going back, but, uh, but, but a fun school. And, and I wonder, as you're, as you're continuing on as actors, is that something that you think was unique to that experience because of the nature of it, as you guys were all growing up with those movies? Or is it something that, that you feel being, uh, being kind of the, the nature of the beast of doing that acting work? What's it like, uh, you know, going to school, going to camp all over again? Um, yeah, I mean, I think doing the, doing the film, uh, the Potter films, is a unique experience entirely because most of the cast were exactly the same throughout. Um, so you already knew you almost just like, as we said, like when you go back to school after a year off or over the summer break, you get straight back into it and you're, you're talking and, and everything, having fun. Um, so yeah, I think that, that's what set the Potter films totally separate from anything else. And in terms of doing other work since, it is, it's like starting a new school again. It's the best way of doing it. Hi, I'm Oliver, really quiet. And, um, yeah, and going from there. So Ollie and James, uh I'm curious, with outstandingly accomplished parents 
in those movies, in Mark Williams and, and Julie Walters. Over time, did you find yourselves looking into their filmography, into things that they had done? Uh, did you find yourself interested in, in the work that these amazing names uh, among the cast had gotten into? And I, I, you know, I ask specifically the two that played your parents because everybody's like, oh, well, did you, you, know, did you see uh, uh, this Die Hard movie that, uh, that uh, Alan Rickman was in? But, uh, but did, did you find yourselves compelled to, to seek out what they had done yeah, professionally? Well, fans of, I mean, it's pretty much a who, the adults in the film are pretty much a who's who of British cinema anyway. So we were very fortunate that we already knew a lot of the, the films that they'd had done prior to Potter, and also we would see them if they'd gone and done another film while shooting Potter, we could sp speak to them about it. Um, I actually, on the sixth movie, I did a lot of talking with Michael Gambon, saying, if you're going to bend someone, do you might as well <laughs> ask Michael Gambon questions. And, he did a film, one of my favorite films of all time, is a film called Layer Cake. Um, and he plays a, like a... We'll say an unsavory fellow. Uh, well, he's kind of like a geezer. He's a geezer. He's a geezer, right? Yeah. And I was asking him, you know, how do you um, compare, go from that character to, say, playing Dumbledore? Because they're two completely different people. And he essentially said that uh, playing Dumbledore is a bit different because he can't really base him on someone that he's met. Whereas... <laughs> This geezer, he's obviously met um, a few people like that. So um, it's just, we were, we were very fortunate because Oliver and I never went to stage school or drama school or any of that. So we were able to ask these amazing actors any questions that we had. What were, what were some of the things that you gravitated to as fans? I, I think we have a room full of people that gravitated toward, uh, toward these movies that you guys were in, these parts that you played. Uh, were there books, movies, music? I know that you're both big fans of rock music. Uh, from from some reading I did. What what was it for you? What was your fandom growing up? Um, fandom probably sport, football. You're soccer. big golf guys, right? Yeah, golf, rugby, cricket. Uh, yeah, all sorts really. So, and a lot of my friends were were all into that as well. And obviously, movies. I mean, when we were, I suppose we were twelve, eleven. Um, like the the second generation, I suppose, of Star Wars films came out. So that brought that whole back. Uh, in everybody's uh, forefront of imagination, yeah. And, um, <laughs> and to go from that, and then, as you say, music as well, which um, where we're from, uh, the city we're from is the home of... From uh, Birmingham? From Birmingham, yeah, which is the home of metal music, which is The real home of metal music. Made, yeah, which probably isn't necessarily a terribly pop popular, as you could call it, in, uh, in terms of uh, media. But we, we're really proud to be from that city. And growing up, we used to go to nightclubs, or still go to nightclubs where that music is played in its abundance. And that, that was the cool bit about the, uh, when we did the Goblet of Fire, wasn't it? We just turned 18, so legal age to go out clubbing in the UK. All kinds of trouble you can get into. Yeah, it was then. great. We, had, we were allowed to get our hair down this long and everything. And um, yeah, just go headbanging on a Friday night. Yeah, it was great. Well, one of the things I picked up on in the, in the litany of different bands that you guys are fans of, I'm a particularly big fan of Queen. Uh, and I think about pageantry and drama. Hey, yeah, let's hear it for Freddie Mercury and Queen. Is, is, there something, is there something about the performance aspect of metal music, rock and roll music, that's, that's really what engages you, it just grabs you? Um, 
with, with sports and musicians, you can see the talent there and then, whereas I guess acting, you, the whole point is that you don't show the talent. <laughs> so it's, um, it's that kind of that kind of way. But yeah, when we're actually fortunate to, um, there's a band from this way called Velvet Revolver who, uh, so um, a couple of times we were able to meet like Scott Weiland and Slash, people like that. And I remember again, I was like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> and uh, I remember saying to him, you know, do you ever get nervous? And I'm like, oh yeah, well, it's, just, it's just part of it, which um, I've actually done stage, stage work since. And I don't get like overly nervous, but if other people get it, Well, I wonder, um, for me, personally, I think a lot of people too, Prisoner of Azkaban was a big turning point in the series of the movies where, where some, some, more, some more maturity came to the characters and there were, there were more layers to what, uh, what everybody was able to do in the movies. And I wonder if, if there was a particular point that either of you found uh, in developing these characters over all these years that felt particularly significant. Was there a particularly significant year where, where you felt like, uh, like you were getting to grow and stretch your wings a bit? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think Azkaban in the, um, <clears throat> the Marauder's Map scene. That was because it was, uh, it was the first time really that we'd had, we, the characters were able to do something which had a, a, a meaningful point in the whole, uh, well, as it turned out, the rest of the whole of uh, Harry Potter's journey, <coughs> giving him the Marauder's Map. But at the time, it was great to be able to film uh, so close and everything was all computer animated and the, the map and how all that moved. And I can remember filming that thing and this is a really, cool moment to do. Although for some reason they filmed it in the middle of August when it was baking hot outside. <laughs> and if you've, no, if you've seen it, yeah. The hottest day on record in the UK when we filmed that scene, so... <laughs> Willy, Willy hats were really needed that day, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. It's a double memory for you. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can see it the crew filming, they're all in like t-shirts and shorts. Meanwhile, we're in like layers and layers of clothes that <laughs> All right, now we, we have a, a couple lines of, uh, of a lot of people that want to ask questions. Uh, try to keep your, answer, your, your questions uh, short and concise, and, and just uh, for the benefit of the line, we'll, we'll try to get through everybody that we can. We've only got so much time here. Uh, so let's see. Let's, let's start over here on this side. Or the other side? Hello. Okay, um, there we go. Did you all ever play twin pranks on the cast and crew while filming? <laughs> now, now th that, was, that was either a look of, I gotta remember, or should I say this in public? Yeah, yeah it's that. It's definitely the latter. Um, <laughs> did we play any... I don't know about... We do... But I did get I did get some good revenge. We were at a, uh, a charity auction last year, and you can and on on, on the table and it's, uh, good good excuses. There you go. Okay. So, so in, in payback for the whole uh, room bill thing, uh, we were on tables of 10 
in a big a big room like this and uh, they had iPads on the thing and you could bid on items throughout the whole thing and every time you bid it would come up on the screen new bidder uh, so James at the end of the night after I can't remember how much was the proud owner of the I don't know if you I suppose you still have it here with baseball cards what used to come in cigarette yeah. packets uh, in like the 20s and 30s of different players uh, well they did it in the UK with cricket players so James proudly won for all to see um, a thousand uh, how much was it it's about 400 of these framed uh, <laughs> cigarette packets it was literally this big But, but the best thing was that on Christmas morning when James opened his present, he knew what it was, so it's great. <laughs> Guess what Oliver's birthday present was that year? Next question over here. Oh, you guys probably keep a list. I mean, when, when, the, when the fans no, come up. Next question, over here. Uh, during shooting, what was your favorite and least favorite scene to do? Um, favorite scene was the... I mean, are we okay for spoilers, everybody in this room? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to check. Uh, favorite scene was on the um, Yule Bull scene in the Goblet of Fire. That was, that was brilliant. Mainly because we had, we had a load of uh, like dance training as well before that which is a shame we didn't get to see more of it in the film, but uh, like a month building up to it, and we all had these suits, and it was the week before Christmas as well, so everyone was in a festive mood anyway. And I always remember that, that was awesome. And least favorite scene, probably a night shoot outside somewhere. No, Seven Harris sequence. Because <laughs> that took, for, oh, it took well, ages, that one. Why lie? Um, no, <laughs> yeah, that. But for James, I'm sure his favourite scene was... Oh, your favourite scene was that? Oh. <laughs> they talk all the time. Thank you. All of a sudden, I get this 
spray of foam in my head. <laughs> the fire guy was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> then in equal measure, I guess that would also be one of my least favourite things we do. Because um, before we did that, we were told, yeah, but, um, the director was like, yeah, we want to put some like, face paint on your, on your face to cheer on Ireland. So, okay, I was like, well, no, I want a big shamrock on my face. Like, let's do that. We filmed this for two weeks, so for every day I had to have a shamrock drawn on. And obviously you can't itch or scratch your or touch your face when you've got face paint on. So that's kind of sitting on my hands for two weeks. <laughs> Top off, I got sprayed by a phone. Next question. Ooh, a lot of options. Yeah. Stop time. Yeah, stop time and think of a good answer would be my superpower. Um, superpower. Um, yeah, probably something like teleportation or something like that. And I'd be called the Q jump. Hey, uh, hey. <laughs> there are people, uh, people who didn't make it in who wish they had that superpower. And how, how would you solve crime with the tea? Pour it on them. Like. <laughs> you're getting into his origin story, you're spoiling it. Yeah, oh yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 but no. Well, yeah, but he can, he can, he, he, yeah. And he can, he can teleport and, yeah, yeah. Come on, T man, what, what would he do? <laughs> Has anybody got a shovel for James to dig his way out of this? <laughs> Next question. Hi, I'm Rachel. Um, I just wondered, because JK never really released what Fred and George's Patronuses were, so I was wondering what Patronus you guys would choose. For Fred and George? Yes. Wow. Um, How would you rewrite Rolling? Yeah, I don't think you can. Um, <laughs> it would be something, I suppose it would be something quite joke, something quite jovial, quite mischievous maybe. Um, whether that I, I mean, a lot of people saying foxes. Yeah, foxes. Calm yeah. down. Yeah. They'll yeah. be over there. Yeah, a fox. Yeah. And it's ginger as well, so that'll be it. Yeah. Yeah. Next question. Hi. How did the casting directors decide which one of you would be Fred and which one of you would be George? Was there an arm match? Yeah. Um, it was actually the, uh, the read through for the first for the first film. So in a sense, all the cast sit in a big room uh, and all the tables are there and you read through the script. And this is about 10 minutes before we were due to start. And we saw there was Chris Columbus, David Heyman, JK Rowling, and uh, Janet Hutchinson, who's the head casting director in the room. 
and we said, uh, who's, who's Fred and who's George? And she looked at me, you're kidding, right? <laughs> no, no, we really don't know. So she walked around to the room, we saw them talking with each other, and then a minute later she came back and said, right, okay, James, you're Fred, Oliver, you're George. So we like to think they were just recapping notes from a major board meeting they had. Um, <laughs> but it probably didn't happen that way at all. <laughs> Next. Okay, I have twin siblings, they're identical twin siblings, so I was gonna kind of compare identical twins. They both speak in unison all the time, accidentally. I was wondering how often you do that when you're not acting like you do that, if that made sense. Any magical twin stories? He was too busy making his tea. Um, <laughs> Next. Hi. Um, so what I want to know is, throughout all of the filming of ev every movie, of Harry, ev I can't speak, I'm so sorry, of every Harry Potter movie that you guys did. It's okay, just breathe. <laughs> just breathe. I don't see a lot of mischief up on the stage. Hey, um, yeah, it was quite easy, I suppose, because at that age, I suppose what 14-year-old lad isn't up for a laugh and a joke and do anything to get out of doing schoolwork? Um, so, yeah, it was quite easy to get into, into the character set. Um, and that's, that's like our mates at school were all like that. We all have jokes with each other. So it was just, to begin with, just portraying a more... Um, enhanced version of yourself, really. And we would have jokes with people on set as well, so we should keep it ticking over well. Next. Hi, I wanted to know what cologne you use. <laughs> Most popular question of the day, sounds like. Um, Eau de Phelps? Yeah, Eau de Phelps. Um, no, it's Lacoste, I think. Yeah, I've got it at the duty free on the way here. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just don't, don't answer and get a, an endorsement deal. That's a good idea, yeah. Yeah, yeah hold yeah. back. Eau de la Phelps, that was it, yeah. <laughs> With um, PG tip. <laughs> Next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we covered that earlier. <laughs> we disclaimed it. I've actually uh, told the story, so I apologize if anyone heard this before. I was, we were in Japan when the last book, when the final book came out, and I was on the bullet train. And I just got to that particular chapter. Just as I'm, I'm literally reading it, and without sounding all arty party actor person, it was literally like reading in like, like a friend of mine that died. It was really. Which surprised, A, that's reading it surprised me, and then I was more surprised by my reaction to reading what had happened, like how I was feeling. I was like, oh. As I'm doing 
this Japanese ticket man came around. I was kind of point handing to something in Japanese, which I assume was, can I see your ticket? <laughs> and I was kind of like, hang on, hang on, I've just died. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, no, ticket, ticket, ticket. I was like, surprising but equally it was um in a way it, it was I don't want to say cool because it wasn't cool but it was um different for the fact that it it kind of affirms people that twins aren't always together. They don't have to be together to be individual people. So, um, so it was that kind of thing that we had to how to describe it. How did you feel? I felt glad I just lost an ear. Was, uh, <laughs> um but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting. As James said, it was it was it was in one way it was quite good that it wasn't um, both of them went down together. And I think it was more, even more poignant that Fred was with Percy at the time than not with George, because it just shows that they're all brothers. Just because they're twins doesn't mean that he's going to react with him a lot more than the other. Um, but yeah, that was that's kind of it. And even more thankful that it happened in the last book and not the first. If I can ask a quick follow-up, uh, that that scene in particular, it, it it personally hit me pretty hard. I've I've a related experience, and and I'm I'm curious about the preparation for that. Was that something that that you really had to do a lot of uh, meditative work about about what that would be like? Well, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was a little bit of it, yeah, because you had to uh, you had to get into the moment where you're thinking, you know, every, everybody at some point unfortunately has lost someone close to them, um, and it's getting yourself into that mindset and um, almost feeling that thing. And I remember Julie Walters. Uh, I actually I spoke to Julie Walters about it a couple of weeks before, and I said, "How do you get into a mindset like that?" And she said, "The best thing is to just really." involve yourself in that in that emotion um, and when you go to set just be in that if someone tries to talk to you just almost blank them so you're in that set you can always apologize afterwards that you didn't talk to someone and they'll understand that you're in character you're in the zone um, so on terms with that and getting a load of eucalyptus blown in my face um, so I was like crying it was uh, yeah it was quite an, an interesting day but I was told beforehand that it would be a closed set meaning that it would literally be like the Weasleys and the camera, and that was it. Instead, we get to film, and the whole great hall's filled with people and bodies and stuff. So that, that was, if anything, that was more weird crying in front of a load of people than anything else. Um, but subsequently, since, I think people take a story like that and overdo it. So it must happen on a, week, on a weekly basis. Somebody sends me a thing on Twitter saying, is this true? And there's this photo. And because it's a photo with text on the internet, it means it must be true. Um, and it's, it's this whole paragraph about how James and I were in floods of tears throughout the whole build-up to the process, and we hugged each other and said, I love you at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I suppose that's... People, people want it to be as real as possible. And, um, and I, I can kind of get where people make stuff like that up from, because it sounds a hell of a lot friendlier, or a lot more romantic than... He fell asleep on the floor and we went off to lunch. <laughs>
Well, it's, yeah, one, well, it's wonderful work either way. Yeah, it wasn't. I've, I've got to be honest. It wasn't a nice day filming at all. It was quite draining doing that. Yeah, it wasn't. Let's go for milkshakes after. No, it wasn't not at all. Um, it was a. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It was good when it was done. Anyway, it was good when it was done. Yeah. It's amazing work. Let's hear it for him. Next question at the mic. Um, I was wondering, now that the Harry Potter films have kind of come to a close, what is your favorite part of your career after the Harry Potter uh, series? You guys loving auditions? Is that just your, your version of fun? There's tea. There's no tea. There's no tea. Which is where tea man would be useful, really. Wouldn't it? <laughs> and Q-Jump would be even better, yes. So anyway, the etiquette like in, in the UK is going to say hello. It's a very mutual, friendly experience. In the US, the first one I walked into, there was, uh, there was like one other guy in the room, completely empty. I was like, hey, how's it going, man? He's sit there and then another guy comes in he just looks there's like five chairs in this room and he just looks at me and then looks at the other guy and <laughs> signs in and gets out on IMDB and starts looking at what everyone else has done <laughs> so like, okay anyway that's what I've been doing now um, sorry to answer your question I guess it would be <laughs> you guys were in an episode of Kingdom with uh, Stephen Fry yeah What was that show? It was a it was a new comedy in the UK uh, show um, called uh, The Life of Woody. I think it was called. But basically, it was a Jewish comedy. I'm not Jewish. <laughs> um, so we would do these lines, and then in rehearsals there would be no one to listen or laugh or whatever because it was empty, empty theatre. So on the night, there's certain parts which were funny for everybody, but when you could always tell when there's a big Jewish presence because all of a sudden they'll start laughing in the middle of a, a scene. <laughs> <laughs> Changes completely when you get it on its feet. Next question. My question is It's on his list. He's wearing okay, cowboy cool. boots. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Alan Rickman pranking Maggie Smith. You know. yeah. um, not, not that I'd say here, to be honest with you. 
<laughs> as bad an answer as that is for everyone. Um, was it was it that sort of kind of a familial atmosphere of you know you don't you don't tell tales about the family reunion? Yeah, certain stuff. Yeah, certain things you don't. Um, just because everyone's at their own pace, as it were. Um, yeah, I can remember. I mean, a nice story what Alan did once. There was a uh, one of the doubles. She was doing her um, some coursework for her exams, um, and she had to do a a piece about I can't remember what now um, a documentary piece almost. And he he offered and did um, like narrated this this piece for her exam, which I think would be pretty cool if you turn you know I mean you're rocking him with an A there and then aren't you just walk in, um, but just stuff like that was just nice and he didn't have to do stuff like that but on on hand to offer help to everybody. Next, hi. Is that, that Harley Quinn? What was the sadder moment the when? Uh, when Fred dies, or when Hogwarts can, I cannot talk. When Hogwarts completely collapses at the end. Big, <laughs> Real big stakes. After you, James. Just say Fred dying, yeah. <laughs> Next. First, I want to say you guys did great moves, in my opinion. But uh, my question is what's your favorite out of all the animals in the books and the movies? Like Peepee Claws, Owls, Horrors? Choose carefully. Buckbeak is listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite? Um, yeah, probably Hippogriffs. Just because they. Um, it's quite a, an odd type of uh, animal being, and uh, yeah, like we saw, and also when they were filming it, they had uh, they actually had like the different models, and we used to go to the art department every every week to have a little nose and see what's got what's what's coming up, and you'd see the progression on how these these animals are developing, and you know they'd say, okay, this design's going to the producers this week, see what they come back with, and then they change it a bit, and so yeah, because I can remember seeing that whole process all the way all the way through really. Just like that, yeah. <laughs> Which was one of my favourite lines that we did. Um, so that was, uh, yeah, it's a, a drug. Next. Hi. Um, did you ever switch roles on set? No. Um, we, we did in a rehearsal once on the first film, but we didn't actually do it when filming, mainly because if you think the amount of people in this room now times that by a couple is the crew who are working that day on a film set. And if you're responsible for everybody working extra, like overtime or having to come in over the weekend because of you messing about, you didn't really want to, I didn't really want to be part of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, and as, as I say, but then going back to people romanticizing about stories, we've read, we've read stuff that they've had to reshoot half the film. I think the Chamber of Secrets because we swapped. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, Fred and George dress exactly the same in those films, so I'm not, yeah, I don't know. Next. Did we, we're good? Oh, okay. Would you guys do me a favor? Lead us in a round of applause for our volunteers. Now everybody, let's keep it going and amp it up for Oliver and James Phelps. And we were, yeah, we were, we did actually make, we were actually talking about this over dinner last night and how polite everybody has been here. And it's just been, it's been really enjoyable being here and we'd love to come back sometime and see you guys soon. So have a great, have a great rest of your weekend. Let's hear it one more time. Thank you.